Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the Modalidades on BTV. You can now catch the recaps and also Modalidades talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befig uh, Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befig Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É um pouco paixão para explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Law Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. Here with you every uh, every week, bringing you the latest and greatest on uh, on Benfica. With me tonight, Dave de Oliveira up in the Great White North. What's going on, Dave? Is, is it white already over there? It's not white. Uh, we're still enjoying the last bit of summer up uh, up here before uh, before it turns white. But uh, no, good to be back on here tonight. I know everybody's tuning into the. Uh, the big debate and the debate uh, we're going to have about is this uh, Ruben Dias transfer that just uh, took place. So uh, yeah. I hope everybody's turning in, tuning into our debate uh, tonight here. Yeah. Also uh, joining us and uh, repeat guest, Hugo Ferreira. What's going on, buddy? Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure to come on um, and talk about our number one passion, which is Sports Rugby Figa. That's right. Cristiano's not here tonight. Cristiano, estás aonde? Cavani. Anyway, um, what we got on the menu today, we will uh, look at, uh, at the Mourense game. Uh, we'll also look ahead to Ferenc. And uh, we'll look at the biggest uh, happening of the day, which was the, the Ruben Diaz and Nicolas Otamendi uh, deal. So let's start with that. Let's just get, get that out of the way. So uh, big buzz. Uh, surrounding that transfer started, uh, I think maybe early weekend. Uh, Benfica played. Uh, Ruben got the, the the captain's armband, and I, I I think that everybody knew at that point in time that that was going to be it. Uh, at the end of the day, in the in the post uh, match flash interview, uh, the journalist asked him about a moment that he had with Rui Costa, uh, in which he looked uh, emotional. Um, and Ruben Diaz ended up uh, saying, I think everybody has realized what's, uh, what's going on here. And he got a little bit choked up. Um, and then so at that point, we knew um, 
that was going to be it. So uh, some details on, on, the, on the deal. Uh, Ruben Diaz uh, was sold for, for $68 million, uh, plus $3.6 million in, uh, in club objectives. So if uh, City uh, reaches certain objectives and that wasn't revealed, uh, Benfica stands to gain another $3.6 million. Uh, out of those $68 million, $5 million Benfica will uh, pay to, uh, I think it's, it's, they call it an, an intermediary, but I think it's, it's just an agent, really. Um, on the reverse, uh, Otamendi joins Benfica for $15 uh, million. Uh, he signed for, for three years, uh, and apparently, but this hasn't been uh, made official yet by the club, but apparently City is going to uh, pay for some of that uh, salary or for part of uh, the salary of uh, Nicolas Otamendi. Um, you I guess I'll, I'll start with you, man. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Good deal? What are your thoughts on? Let, let's start with with Diaz first, uh, I, and I think that every Benfiquista uh, probably feels the same that you and I and, and Dave feel that we wanted to see uh, Diaz uh, have his career in Benfica. But what are your what are your thoughts, man? Um, I personally thought uh, deal wise, I thought it was a fantastic deal, and uh, I'm not a big a uh, big Luis Felipe Vieira guy as it is, so I have you know I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Um, I think Ruben Dias, uh, if memory serves me correct, jumps up to the third highest center back transfer transfer in the history of football. I believe only uh, beaten by Virgil Van Dijk and, and Harry Maguire, if memory serves me correct. Um, so right off the bat, I mean anybody who, who strikes this as a bad deal uh, is is pretty ludicrous. Um, when you throw in a player. Uh, of uh, Nicholas Otamendi's caliber as well, who can still easily come in and, and give two to three solid seasons at Benfica. I think that's an extra icing on the cake. Um, so I know people are, are, are leaning on the, on the 68 number and then you speak to some Benficistas and they're like, oh, and we're paying 15 million for Otamendi. Um, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as um, that 15 million never even leaves the club. Um, and if you wanted a bigger proof of that, just uh, today's uh, press conference fiasco that was delayed by like three hours because they were awaiting uh, paperwork with, with Man City regarding uh, Huben's deal. Clearly, everything's related. Those 15 never even leave the club. Um, so the 68 really becomes 53, which is still an, a phenomenal deal in my eyes. Um, and I'm very excited to get a player of Otamendi's caliber um, obviously, he's, he's on the decline as far as Man City is concerned, but easily can still step in for a Benfica, much like Jan Vertonghen, and provide a solid center-back duo, uh, hopefully for the next three seasons. Yeah. Dave, uh, thoughts, thoughts on the deal, Dave? Uh, the, the thought, my thought is this, this is just the reality of, of losing to a power walk, right? The, it became a reality like we discussed. We went from being a, a buyer's club to uh, unfortunately a seller's club. And I know a couple of months ago, uh, Vieta made the comment that he had potentially two, uh, two players for offers over hundred and a uh, hundred million. And it was probably going to be Vinicius and, uh, and Ruben Diaz. And, Unfortunately, that's just the reality of uh, us losing uh, to Pauk. We have to sell our key players uh, like Ruben Diaz. Not a fan of Otamendi, uh, 32 years old. I know he could probably have another good or two, one or two seasons uh, here in the Portuguese league, but I would have much preferred them uh, 
going after a younger center back um, just to try to get a, as much of an investment back because nobody's going to be paying uh, or get, paying us for Otamendi two or three years down the road. And uh, I especially don't like his uh, former ties uh, up north. Uh, to our rivals. Yeah, I don't. I don't <clears throat> you go. Let me speak to a little bit about that, and then I'll, I'll let you jump in because I, I know this is this is a, a polarizing uh, subject in terms of the connection, right? Here's my thing, right? So it was six seasons ago. Um, the guy, I think, mature-wise, is a different player. He, he's gone through a, a couple clubs. I don't have a problem in the tie when the tie is that far removed. I think that when when it's something like the what we saw with with Moxie, when it's something that we saw with Paul Souza uh, and uh, Pacheco, I think those things are, are perhaps too close uh, to even say. In terms of of, of Otamendi, uh, yes, the tie is there, um, but I think that that foreign players probably that doesn't really weigh heavily on their conscience in terms of playing outside of their uh, home country. Now, if it was Argentina, I could see how he could be bothered by that. But as he mentioned today, he's a professional in every club that he's represented. He's, he's always given it his all. I really don't have a problem, but I can understand how uh, people have some problem. Hugo, what, what's, what's your take on, on those, on those ties? I lean more towards what you're saying. Uh, number one, I think it's still a quality player, especially for a Benfica. Um, so anytime you can add a player of that caliber, it makes me happy. Um, especially at center back, you need a ton of experience. That's one of the positions um, that, again, uh, the number 32 doesn't scare me as much, obviously referring to his age. As far as the ties, um, I love it. Uh, to, to Anytime we get a chance to stick it back to that, club up north um as you guys know uh i mean i have no problem with it again and uh when you add that it's nicolas otamendi who's a quality player i know in the past we've added players like uh like cesar Peixoto, mark freda those guys come to mind emilio Peix, guys who who were really busts at benfica i think otamendi is going to be the opposite i think otamendi is going to be a great addition um and the fact as well that they were after him as well and Pinta Costa can come on and deny all of that, uh, just as he's uh, famous for doing. But we all know that they were they were they wanted to sign him badly. They just couldn't afford his wages. Um, and uh, again, it makes me—it's like a double double whammy for me, double uh, double prize as far as I'm concerned. So I'm very excited to have Otamendi on board. Yeah, they they make fun of us because of uh, Cavani, but they've been uh, now for three weeks. They've been trying to sign somebody from Fumalicão, and they can't. They can't pull yeah, the trigger exactly. on that. But the, here's the, the my uh, his age definitely do, doesn't scare me, and he's a guy that's been playing much like Vertonghen, been playing at a very high level in the Premiership, um, as as quite a bit of starts, and and we'll get into some of his stats in, in a little bit, and Dave's going to give it to us. Uh, but um, I don't, I don't know. I I don't have a problem. Um, I think that. Yeah, Dave, uh, certainly uh, agree with you that if we didn't, if we don't lose to Paok, this is not something that's happening right now. Um, but uh, the other thing that in JJ's post uh, con- uh, conference uh, after Murenes, he did say that he likes his uh, his back line with a little bit more uh, experience, um, and that's always been JJ's mo, where he likes that veteranship, where he likes uh, to have some experience on the squad, uh, and I think that. Um, that that Otamendi is is really 
was something was a deal that Benfica needed to pull the trigger on, right? Because if these leaves and there's no Otamendi uh, attached to it, obviously. Now we're we're, we're talking about um, the the market, the window. When does the window close? Uh, in a week, maybe, right? I believe October sixth or seventh, third or fifth. Yeah, in that area. So, yeah, so I think <laughs> ne next week we the window will close. So now Benfica has a problem, right? Because Jorzuj. Uh, wanted one center back already as he admitted uh, now you lose one now you need two uh, with this deal he brings a guy that's experienced that knows uh, Portuguese football um, that may or may not fit his playing style he's already said that he's going to have to change because uh, his style is not like Pep's Uh, but you also free yourself of having to go on a mad scramble to find a guy that's going to fit the profile that you need. So in, in that, I, I think even in the, the timing aspect of the whole deal, I think that Benfica uh, really did well on this deal. Uh, $15 million, uh, you know, I know that we didn't pay that much for Vertonghen. Uh, well, actually, Vertonghen was, was Vertonghen free, free transfer. Right. Free transfer, yeah. But, I mean, the way we've been spending uh, money on players, uh, I, I, I very much doubt that we would have been able to buy a player of, of Otamendi's caliber uh, for less than $15 million. Uh, and, yes, the, the age may be a factor, but I, I just think this is, uh, this is a home run for Benfica. Dave, I know that uh, you like guys, man, but... No, no, I was just going to say, I know that you mentioned that Benfica would have been left scrambling, but there's been those rumors uh, circling about $10 million for uh, Ruben Semedo and uh, Olympiacos, and I know there's the whole debate that uh, of his criminal past, uh, what he's, he's done. But if you look at it just from a pure financial uh, aspect of it, he's a 26-year-old center back just on the verge of the being on the national team, has that Portuguese league experience and who's not to say that uh, you hold on to him for another two three years and you can flip him and make 15 or, or 20 off him right but that's where i'm just coming from yeah but i i, I do think that we're still going to get smith because he did say that now i need you know now i needed one center back two now center i'm going to need right. two uh, so i do think that smith sooner or later that that pressure and apparently smith is also putting pressure on uh, on his current club to to release him and to sell him, I do think uh, that he will get Semedo. The biggest thing with Semedo that uh, that JJ is looking at, uh, he's a guy that's somewhat experienced, still yet to hit maybe the peak of his age, and he's a guy that he's already worked with, so he doesn't have to go through that whole training that whole positional training that whole mindset training in the back and i think i'm convinced that if ruben smedu um comes to benfica tomorrow and the choice is between uh smedu not the many to start smedu is starting because he's familiar with the system uh so i think that's the biggest advantage that jj is looking at in terms of this smedu buy is the fact that he's already worked with smedu And Smelu knows his ways. So there isn't much of a learning curve in terms of, of that. Um, so um, in terms of uh, Ruben Dias, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, the, the romantic in, in all of us and the Befiquista in all of us. And we really thought that this was going to be the dude that uh, was going to be uh, the eternal captain, if you will, uh, from start to finish uh, wearing Befica colors. Um, 
it it does suck that he he, he left and and once again uh, we're let down by the whole thing. Uh, the numbers help it a little bit, uh, but certainly seeing the video that Benfica published today and the, the emotions be behind it and how um, how revered he was in a locker room uh, in terms of uh, how good of a teammate he was and a guy that led by example and a guy that uh, perhaps more than Andre Almeida or Pizzi deserved to have the arms, the, the captain's armband uh, last year and even this year. But to see him depart this way, uh, Hugo, it's definitely something that hurts. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I also had the chance to catch that that uh, video on social media a couple hours ago. And it was such a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, that, to me, uh, breathed Benfiquismo all over. Uh, the so-called Mishtika that we always talk about. Obviously, Ruben Dias carried that um, on and off the field. Um, I was actually... Uh, never a huge fan of Ruben's style. Um, again, I like center backs who, who can build from the back better than Ruben did. With that said, I thought he had a real chance of uh, making some serious strides under JJ. I think JJ was going to work that aspect of his game heavily. Um, but one thing no one can ever question um, is his, his Benfiquismo and his ability to, to deliver that Mishtika in the locker room, as we saw with that video. And most importantly, on the field, um, he was basically Benfica's unofficial captain and obviously having grown uh, at the club through, the, through all the youth ranks uh, for 12, 13 years. Um, he's definitely one of us. He, he, he was basically um, that fan who got to live out his dream. And um, there's obviously it leaves you a, a bit sad um, but there's no doubt on my mind that if there ever is a player that will for sure return to Benfica, Ruben Dias has got to be at the top of that list. Uh, I do not see Ruben Dias uh, closing out his career before uh, a return to, to the Stade de Luz. Um, so, yeah, he'll be missed, especially for those leadership qualities. He, he's a hard-nosed player. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, we, we move on and uh, we wish him well. I, uh, I'll definitely be rooting for him. Um, and hopefully it comes back one day. Yeah, Dave, uh, numbers on Ruben Diaz on his very short uh, career at, uh, at Benfica as a senior player. Yeah, for sure. So he debuted in uh, September of 2017 under uh, Rui Vitoria. Uh, during that time, he uh, played 137 uh, matches with the club, 12 goals, uh, 5 assists, uh, only two titles during that span there, but... Uh, yeah, just in the short short span that he had, you could tell that uh, he he definitely bleeds uh, the club, and he knows what it it uh, it means to play for this club. Would have loved to have seen him get uh, get more games there with the arm uh, arm band rather than uh, those jokers uh, Almeida and Pizzi, but I think it's more of a seniority thing than a, a leadership thing. But at least they got they gave him the armband uh, for his send off match. Yeah. And in terms of Otamendi, a uh, uh, much more expansive uh, uh, curriculum, if you will. What do you got on him in terms of uh, numbers? Yeah, so uh, he joined uh, Valencia from Porto in February 2014. Uh, with Valencia, he made uh, 38 match appearances, scoring six goals. Then later sold to uh, Manchester City in August 2015, where he go to make uh, 136 appearances, scoring eight goals and uh, collecting nine trophies along uh, the way uh, during his time at uh, City. He's also been capped 
70 times for the Argentinian national squad. Yeah. So I don't think anybody could question the guys, uh, the guys worth certainly uh, with older guys. And, and, and it's been my fear with Vertonghen is uh, can they remain healthy uh, enough to, to be uh, impact, impactful players uh, throughout the season. Uh, so we'll, we'll shall see. But uh, I think the overall uh, it's, Yes, the, those ties to Porto are always going to be uh, lingering, and some fans will remember that longer than others. But my, I myself, I, I just, I, I personally don't think that um, any foreign players, especially South Americans, really have any allegiance to any club uh, aside from uh, some clubs in their home nations. But we'll see. I just, I just want to say one final thing, Alfredo. Yeah. I think any time a club like Benfica. Um, who isn't a financial powerhouse has the chance to add a player who's featured for Argentina over 70 times, who's featured at Man City the last five seasons. Uh, I believe it was around 140-ish times, who's obviously been a winner at Man City, who's played at the highest level uh, for Pep Guardiola. I mean, I think that's invaluable what that does, A, for your lineup, and then B, in the locker room as well. Um, you know, you mix all of that. And I think it's a fantastic addition to Benfica to, to, to replace Ruben Dias. Yeah. And I think that people um, always talk about the, the older players too. But that, let's not forget that when we got uh, Jonas, uh, nobody really wanted Jonas. And Jonas became what he was. And I'm not saying that Otamendi will. But I think that Otamendi still has a lot to give uh, Benfica um, and he's three years that he's uh, will be connected to the club 30 million I think was his rescinding clause he will wear uh, the number 30 um, I, I'm I was trying to to somebody uh, on Twitter in, uh, in Portuguese was kind of explaining um, the way uh, that accounting is is looking at these deal deals and I wish I could um, explain it a little more, but it has to do with uh, with the cost of the player being divided by the number of, of months that they're going to, to be playing to account for depreciation. Look, it's, it's too confusing uh, for my head for, for me even to be able to, uh, to explain it. But uh, no matter which way you slice and dice, uh, it's a good deal for Benfica. Uh, I think there's some financial... Uh, tricks or, or loopholes, if you will, because if you remember, Man City uh, had been uh, or has, it still is, under UEFA's uh, watchful eye in terms of financial fair play. Uh, so that I'm, sur I'm sure that uh, there's some things uh, happening there. Anyway, um, let's turn our attention now to the Murenense game. Befica opened up their um, home, home games uh, for the Liga Nage this past uh, weekend against uh, Murerens. We'll start with uh, with the lineup and then we'll we'll start our our discussion. Uh, Vlacodimus was in goal. Almeida, Diaz, Vertonghen and, and Grimaldo. Uh, Gabriel and, and Pizzi in the middle. Uh, Rafa um, and Everton on the wings. Uh, Walt Schmidt behind uh, Darwin uh, was that uh, was the lineup. Um, Hugo, I'll start with you. With no uh, Tarapt to play as an eight, uh, JJ uh, brought Pizzi back from the bench and, and put him at uh, number eight. Uh, and I think at this point, uh, there really isn't anybody that could have played at number eight because uh, there's a situation, obviously, with Weigel. 
Uh, I don't know if it's something that uh, he wants Weigel to do more as a six, doesn't really see him as an eight, uh, but now Weigel is sitting the bench. What, what do you think, man? What do you think of this lineup? What do you think of uh, uh, Pizzi coming back into the middle? Yeah, um, obviously the, the big one that jumps out, you just touched on it. Uh, obviously, Gabriel over Weigel. Um, I mean, who would have thought that just a, just a month or a month or so ago? Um, I do think that we will see Vigel back uh, sooner rather than later. I do think that that's a player that JJ is going to perfect at Benfica. So I don't think we should uh, read too much into it just yet. But now um, should read into the Gabriel resurgence because surely I thought that Gabriel was going to be one of the odd men out. Uh, to leave this season, uh, maybe not for those big price tags that, that we're, we're fortunately used to lately, but just to shed some salary and add some, some much-needed capital, especially now with the Champions League exit uh, so prematurely. As for BZ, um, obviously JJ stated it various times that he sees BZ as a middle-of-the-park player um, as opposed to a winger. Um, kind of taking a jab at a, at a Rui Vitoria and Brun Laj, uh for taking him out of that number eight role, which uh, JJ had him in once he brought him back from uh, from uh, back. No, once he brought him, he bought him from Atletico Madrid. Um, so I wasn't surprised with PZ's incursion into the lineup. Um, with that said, uh, obviously Tarapta offers us more there. So hopefully uh, Adele isn't out for too long. Um, but I had no issue with the lineup other than that. Uh, other than what I, I mentioned with Weigel. Yeah, and we saw Darwin get his, uh, his second start. Uh, Dave, what, what do you think? Worthy substitute for your homeboy, Seferovic? Yeah, I, 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 like I, I've said now, I think Seferovic uh, is now, uh, he's, he's stayed his uh, past his, his welcome date. He's, his best before date is past due on uh, Seferovic. I can't even stand uh, or stand here and make a case for him anymore. Uh, I still love the guy. Uh, let's just use him as a super sub from, uh, from now on. And uh, he proved his worth as a super sub uh, later on in the match. So. Yeah. And Hugo, I know that you, myself, and Cristiano had a three-way on the phone <laughs> talking about Darwin. And you kind of—I'll let you talk a little bit about what you see in him. But I'll share, and I kind of agree with a lot of what you say. I think that there's there's a lot to Darwin that 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 we've seen so far. The, the awareness, the combination play, uh, the movements on the field. Um, yes, he has some loose touches, but I think that that part of that is probably uh, still some some nerves on his end. It's the big price tag, uh, but I think that uh, being able to contribute in, um, to the team and having a good game, uh, coming off the field and, and thinking that I had a good game, can only build to his confidence. Yeah, I mean, personally, um, obviously now I've got to watch him for two games, um, and this Muradins game was was his the, the best the best that I've seen him play uh, in a Befica jersey. It's very early. Um, no, I remember telling you that. I mean, what 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 I seen from Darwin, especially against Muradins, really caught my attention. Um, I can't remember the last time Befica had a striker like that with that power, uh, that explosiveness. 
that peak, like we call it uh, in Portugal, to just take off and beat guys. I mean, you saw it on that goal that he laid off to Seferovic. I mean, he just took off. Uh, he was on a, uh, a motorcycle and the defender was on a little Vespa. Um, so I think it's very interesting characteristics. Um, and JJ said it best. He needed a striker. And um, I think Darwin is is obviously going to be his man. Darwin should be his man, especially with the price tag that the club paid for him. Now, we just have to remember as fans that here's just a, a 21-year-old kid. We have to give him some time. But, I mean, I can't say that I have not liked what I've seen so far. I've liked what I've seen so far. I would have loved to see the kid uh, put maybe one or two of those chances away. But like you said, Alfredo, I think that's something that's going to be perfected by JJ uh, sooner rather than later. And I do think that we have a, a gem on our hands. Um, hopefully, time will tell. Uh, hopefully, we're right. And uh, and this kid has a brilliant... <laughs> I didn't want to throw that in there. But uh, more so for Benfica's sake, hopefully, um, this kid is the answer, uh, you know, given the price tag that they paid. And and now I finally see why in Uruguay they were talking about him being the natural successor to Luis Suarez and, and, and Edinson Cavani. Um, some of the early signs that I see uh, could point in that direction, and, and hopefully it does. Yeah, and, and that's where you and I kind of d disagree a little bit because um, oftentimes these, these kids that emerge um, as – Uh, heroes of a nation are, are dying down or in the sunset of their careers, uh, there's always a, a tag that they get put on. Oh, it's, uh, it's the next Cavani. It's the next Suarez. Uh, Freddy Adu is the next Pelé. Uh, and look, I think they're, they're a little bit premature. Um, the biggest thing that, uh, that we could – we never know how a player's career is going to end up because a lot of it is made of – Uh, of choices, some of them personal, some of them uh, as in a team context. Um, we may know what their ability and potential is, but ultimately nobody could really tell uh, whether or not a guy is going to be the next Cavani uh, until he, uh, he steps up to the plate and, and he delivers. Uh, but certainly uh, the kid has a lot of hype. Um, I spoke to a Uruguayan friend of mine who, who said that that is the tag that they're tagging him with uh, in Uruguay. Uh, but it, it's so hard to say, um, you know, this guy's going to be this. I mean, I remember when Nelson Oliveira uh, burst onto the scene that everybody thought that Nelson Oliveira was going to be Portugal's next big striker. Uh, and nothing ever happened with Nelson Oliveira. So I, I think that these days, and because, because we get so much exposure to young kids and see these kids at a very early age where they really – haven't proven themselves, uh, they stick out, you know, amongst their peers, amongst the players of their age. But when they get into a, a different setting, a more professional setting, there's a lot of choices um, and a lot of moves and career choices that they make that perhaps take them a little bit off their path. So um, is he good? I, I think that there's a lot of potential, and I, I do agree with a lot of things that you said, the, the power, the, the speed, the physicality. Uh, there's a head ball that I thought he could have done a little better that he hit it off his, his shoulder. But like I said, I think that's that's some nerves. But I just think the, the awareness to be able to um, combine with, um, with his teammates, uh, I think it's great. Uh, we saw RDT last year uh, where he was very – 
you didn't have that awareness. His, his biggest thing, his, his instinct was always to score a goal. It got to the point that, Seth, that the RDT was so desperate to score a goal that he would just lower his head and, and kind of lose himself uh, in a game. And I, can't, I think that that's where uh, he began his descent. But I think with, with Darwin, I see a lot of things with Darwin that, um, that I, I'm excited by. I'm really excited by Dave. Yeah, I totally agree. And like we've, we've said here, he's still very uh, young. He's still got to, uh, you still got to give him some time to right? But from what I've seen, I'm, I don't have concern or I'm not that concerned with what I've seen so far. I've actually been impressed. Um, he hasn't gotten on the score sheet yet, but he's been at least, like you said, He's been setting up and he's been aware of, of the players around him and he's at least creating those opportunities for, for uh, the other players uh, around him. So I, I'm not concerned uh, a little. I'm not even uh, concerned a little bit uh, uh, with Darwin yet. Yeah. Look, in, in terms of the game, I don't think there's much that we could discuss about the game. A, a dominating performance by Benfica on both halves, uh, which only came up short because Benfica wasn't um, efficient enough uh, to be able to put a lot of the chances that they created away. Uh, and I think that perhaps you could get away with this in, against teams like Murarens. Uh, but, but Hugo, when you're this wasteful uh, and you come up against uh, a, a team that uh, is better and that could put a counterattack away and you put the pressure on your defense but might not be able to uh, put these uh, chances away, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Befica obviously was risking that. Obviously, all it takes is uh, one counterattack, one set piece uh, in a one-nil game to uh, to get to get the, the game equalized. Um, Befica let Muradins hang around. Um, I think, uh, obviously, that's something that that I'm sure JJ worked a lot on this week, uh, working on, on on finishing. But that's that was a problem last season and it's been a problem early on with the exception of the family game, but we also saw it against uh Pawak, which cost us heavily. We could have gone, gone up two, three, nothing at halftime. Um, and again, with Muredins, um, we didn't get that, that insurance goal until, until uh, late in the game. Uh, but it was such a dominant performance, um, JJ esque type of performance, which yeah. is very good to see early on. Uh, because Benfica is only going to build from that, and that should give us as fans uh, tons of confidence that we are uh, indeed uh, the team to beat. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think that's what I don't think anybody's surprised because everybody's expecting that this is the type of football that JJ is going to bring, uh, that holo compressor, if you will. Uh, to just roll over teams. I just, Not artistica. Yeah, <laughs> with not artistica, yeah. The razar, the razar. Um, and that's, I think that's what just JJ brings. Uh, nobody's surprised in, you know, uh, for the amount of money that we have also uh, invested on this team. This is what's expected. Uh, this is what's expected. Dave, some numbers on this game, then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start on the Ferenc. Yeah, for sure. The, just looking at the scoreline, 2-0, uh, you would have thought maybe it's a little close uh, game, but not at all. Like you said, Benfica really dominated uh, this match. They had 29 shots, and uh, 10 of them were on uh, on goal. The second most uh, shots in a single game Benfica's had in the last uh, three seasons, and I believe they finished the game with uh, 71% uh, possession as well, so just uh, complete domination and just need to be uh, more uh, 
uh, clinical and better with the uh, finishing uh, on target there. Yeah, no, it, uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, we just need to, uh, we, if we could put at least half the chances we're creating, uh, I think that would be great. But look, there's, there's some guys on this team that uh, Everton, uh, Hugo, somebody, I, I read somebody that saying that Everton has two different speeds. Uh, or, or two more speeds <laughs> than the rest of the guys. But it does seem like that. I mean, the guy on one-on-one, he does seem to be able to kick it into that, that other gear. Uh, and then we saw Rafa doing stuff that probably I've never seen before, tracking back a good hey. 25, 30, 40 yards to, to dispossess somebody. That's because JJ lit a fire under his ass. <laughs> that was clearly missing the last uh, 18 months or so. Uh, no, to to your point on Everton, I mean, Everton's such a fantastic footballer. I mean, it, it was such a great signing by Benfica, uh, bringing in a Brazilian international like that, a player who, as you just mentioned, Alfred, is so dominant 1v1, and a guy who's only... Uh, I think we haven't even seen anywhere near what his no. what his ceiling is at Benfica, and it's already leaving us, uh, you know, very excited. Um, but as you said, yeah, Ever- I think Everton was definitely uh, uh, one of the standout players against Muridins, uh Rafa as well. I just think overall it was it was a, a great performance, and uh, hopefully the team continues to build on this. And now. Uh, you know, just to, like like Dave said earlier, it's just about uh, putting away uh, some of these chances, uh, which <laughs> JJ was livid at the press conference at the end of the yeah. game, talking about, uh, you know, in classic vintage JJ, uh, it should have been seven, it should have been eight. Um, it's just great to see these press conferences back um, like that <laughs> because, again, that's what giant football clubs do. Uh, they're supposed to uh, to uh, do that to the opponent. Uh, the coach is supposed to, to, to walk around with his chest out like that. Uh, it doesn't always go your way, but at least you, you always have to have that demeanor uh, because you are representing a, a giant of the game, and it's just great to see that back um, from JJ. Yeah, look, if, if anything um – there's nothing wrong with confidence. And the other thing is that teams should be afraid to play us. And uh, in this last season of, of Laje, it didn't look like teams were afraid to play us. They would come and they started to lose and, and play us uh, eye to eye. Uh, same, th- same thing under Rui Vitoria. And I'm glad that uh, we're able to suffocate teams. And, and granted, uh, Murenes has, has had their difficulties and they only had six players on the bench. Uh, but still... Every team should be afraid to come into Stade Luz and play Benfica. And, and I'm glad that JJ is, is returning uh, that to the club. We should respect it. Uh, yes, if you're doing good things, you should be confident. You should be, uh, you know, sticking your, your chest out in, in the air. Uh, so certainly, I don't think anybody's complaining. Certainly, more goals would have been nice and, and to, to leave it that late to get that goal because you never know. And I think that the past years we've, we've kind of been burned in which we're thinking, well, a set piece could change this, right? Uh, but the, the thing is that we haven't allowed any goals in, in set piece from, from what I remember. And uh, we're also scoring goals from set pieces, which is, which is a good thing. Uh, and we no longer have a, a coach that specializes in uh, set pieces. Um, 
Next up, uh, also at Stade Luz, uh, the continuation will be Ferenc. will play Ferenc on Sunday, October 4th at 6.30 local. That's 1.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time if you're here in the uh, east coast of the U.S., minus three in California, so on and so forth. Uh, Dave, what's, uh, what's Ferenc up to this season? Not much from what I could tell. Yeah, this season so far, they've lost both of their games. Uh, first one, 2 nothing to Morins, and uh, this past weekend, one nothing to uh, Nacional. This will be the first meeting between the two clubs since uh, March 2002, so uh, a while back there, yeah. uh, over 20 uh, or close to 20 years there. Uh, historically, 35 wins, 10 draws, uh, 6 losses uh, between us. And uh, they uh, got promoted last year by finishing uh, second place in the uh, second division. Yeah, coincidentally, they were they were promoted with Nacional. Nacional was first in the second division, and they've already uh, played each other uh, this season. And Nacional got the the best of uh, of uh, Farens. Farens, who's uh, who always had been an historical club in in, in Portuguese football, they have kind of uh, dropped down. But uh, I mean, I could I could always remember Farens. Uh, being around in, in the first division as I was a kid and and growing up, so it's I'm I'm glad to uh, see him uh, see him back in in the first division. And as a matter of fact, two teams from Algarve are play- now playing in uh, in the first division, which is always a a, a good thing. Um, in France's uh, squad, Alex Pinto, who is a Benfica product, uh, n- now has signed a permanent deal with them, and also uh, Hugo, the Scottish Messi. Is playing for France. <laughs> yeah, uh, the exporting uh, player, that, yeah. uh, Ryan Gold, I believe is, yeah. is his name. Yeah. Um, I just I wanted to piggyback off of what you were saying, Alfred. It's just uh, it's nice to see France back in uh, in the Premier Division. Yeah. Definitely, as you said, a name that we grew we grew accustomed to. Uh, uh, even even myself, who well, I'm a little younger than you, but uh, I, I remember in those 90s, uh, even early 2000s, again, it was always a staple in first division. And it's always good to see uh, geographically the league balance out a little bit yeah. with uh, with another team from the south, uh, as we all know how that how that usually <laughs> works out uh, for for our rivals. Um, so I'm glad that uh, that Florence is back in first division, and I hope that uh, they can they can stay afloat and stay around for many years. Uh, just uh, not this weekend. I hope they get thrashed this weekend. Um, I haven't seen uh, any of their games, to be quite honest with you. Um, I know they had an interesting preseason, um, but outside of that, I don't know much about Florence. Uh, but can never take any game lightly yeah. and uh, certainly JJ uh, will never take any game lightly, especially in the Portuguese league. And uh, yeah, uh, just, I don't expect anything uh, less than the, than three points on Sunday. Does Otamendi start this game? Yes. Yes. I would throw him right in there. Obviously, um, even if um, they had the 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 extra signing that uh, is projected to be Ruben Smith. I think this is Otamendi's uh, spot, uh, and I think we're going to go with that with that experienced duo of Vertonghen and Otamendi. Which guys? I mean, quite honestly, if a year ago you told us that we were going to have Vertonghen and Otamendi in the center of our defense, uh, I don't think any of us would have believed it. So I'm very excited uh, to see this. Uh, center back duo uh who were just who was just starring in the premier league not too long ago uh star for benfica 
Yeah, I just think that uh, at this point, I don't think Jardel is uh, 100% healthy. Uh, and I, I think that Ferro isn't a player that uh, JJ feels he's ready. Dave, what are your thoughts, man? You put you, you stick Otamendi in there? Um, I if guess Jar- only if Jardel is if Jardel is healthy. I would I I would even I would go Ferru before uh before Jardel, but um I guess it, it's a Ferences is just coming up from uh, second division. They haven't been they're not one of the stronger clubs here, so I guess you could kind of get uh, Otamendi's uh, feet wet with the club, and uh, yeah, why not try him out uh, this uh, this weekend at home? Yeah, no, I'm um, I'm with you guys. Um, just to, to um, finalize things, uh, Krovinovic uh, officially announced that you will be going on loan uh, to West Brom again uh, for uh, for this upcoming season. With uh, I don't believe there's an option to buy on that. Um, I didn't see an option. Yeah, did we also talk about Florentino leaving to Monaco last last week? I don't I don't remember. Dave. We have it was not, just no. rumors. It was just yeah, rumors but now, now it is, now it is confirmed. Yeah. Now it is confirmed. So apparently um, joined Monaco on a year alone with no option. Obviously, we didn't make the same mistake that we made with uh, with Bernardo. Uh, Hugo, what's what's your whole take on this uh, on this Florentino thing, man? I think it's a player that uh, obviously needs to play, and uh, that's the whole thought press thought process behind why uh, he's out on loan. Um, I mean, JJ clearly believes in, in him because uh, the club is uh, is is doing a a, uh, a loan with no option to buy, which is very interesting, which is very rare in today's uh, market. Um, so I think going to benefit both parties it'll benefit Benfica because that's an asset that will uh, come back stronger for next season and then obviously it's going to benefit the player because he needs to play Um, and he's already at a point where playing on the B team is doing nothing for him Um, so I'm happy to see Florentino move on and especially to a a team very reputable in France like Monaco yeah and also in in uh, and something related to the to the B team Gonzalo Ramos uh, is now training with the senior team. Um, JJ spoke about him and and one of his pressers saying that uh, he w- he's now training with the senior team on the weekends that he is not uh, convocado or, or called up to the the game roster. Uh, he will go and play for the B team, uh, but he will be training with the A team um, for for the rest of the year. Dave, does this uh, does this mean that uh, Benfica is getting ready to sell Vinicius? Oh, I believe so. That's uh, that's another pillar that needs to uh, to fall as a as a reaction to losing to uh, Paulo. Uh, Ruben Dias was the first, and Vinicius is the other uh, player that we can get the the most bang for uh, his buck and it doesn't seem like he's going to be fitting in with this, uh, JJ squad anyways. So, um, they're going to be cashing out on, uh, Vinicius for sure. I just wonder, Hugo, uh, the fact that, uh, Luis Fliviera feels that Vinicius is going to be, uh, a record sale and also, uh, that he had a hundred million offer for him, and now he's going to end up selling him for forty million. Uh, I think that maybe he's holding on to him, hoping that he could get that value. But uh, I tend to agree with Dave, man. Uh, I, I don't think that Vinicius counts for uh, JJ. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you could also see that judging on the preseason as well. Um, that out of all the strikers, I mean, there weren't many at camp anyway to start, but um, Vinicius was always second choice. Uh, clearly, the club is shopping him. Uh, the club has Minch on their side um, trying to get maximum profit that they can for him. Uh, I really don't believe those numbers that came out of Lucic Vieira's mouth, uh, 100 million for that player. Um, I think if you get uh, north of 40, that would be already be a fantastic sale for Benfica. I don't think he fits under JJ's plans. Um, and to be fair to the player as well, he does have have some uh, market value because he was uh, Liga Nage leading leading uh, goal scorer last season. Yeah. Um, and he's not a bad player. It's not a player I dislike. Um, I don't think in a powerful Benfica, which is hopefully what we're building under JJ, I do think that it's a, it's a bit short for what we want. Um, so I don't mind seeing Vinicius uh, part ways with Benfica. Hopefully it's at, it's at a, a, as much money as we can get for him. Um, but I do, like Dave said, I do expect him uh, in the next uh, week or so to, to depart Benfica as well. Yeah, I think he's a he's a project uh, player, perhaps for both uh, a, a coach that wants to work with him and and Luis Fiera that uh, you know spent twenty or twenty two on him, so and obviously wants to get his return back. But I just think that JJ has no time to uh, have project players. He needs to deliver. Uh, so we'll we'll just see. But I I do agree. But uh, I have my doubts because I think Benfica will want uh, way too much money for him uh, to let him go. Because I now, think Luis Fiera is what he wants. Do you guys think... Um, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, does his value increase with him being on the bench? Because I don't see him... Yeah. We already got Waldschmidt uh, and uh, Nunez or Darwin uh, playing in front of him. So how does his value increase by, by being on the bench, right? If, if that just doesn't make any, uh, any market sense by, uh, by, by keeping him on the bench. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's that's what I think that a lot of teams are going to use as leverage because they're going to, well, th- this guy is not even a starter for your team and you want me to buy him for how much? Uh, so we'll see. Maybe uh, he ends up going on a, on a loan deal with an option. Who knows? It'll be uh, interesting for me to see as well, uh, aside from uh, from the the second center back that we're going to sign for sure, and most likely it's going to be Huben Smith. It'll be interesting for me to see if we do uh, part ways with Vinicius. Do we bring in somebody else? Maybe a Bruni Rick? Do we bring in our anticipated eight, Gerson? Um, so these are questions that will be left, uh, left to be answered in the next few days. And I do think that if Benfica cashes in on Vinicius as well, they might make a one last minute splurge in the market um, to satisfy JJ's needs. Yeah. No, there was also rumors that uh, Seferovic may end up going on loan to Tottenham, but I, I, I don't knowing what I know and, and understanding that Jose Mourinho keeps up with the Portuguese league. I don't know what he sees in Seferovic, to be honest with you. So on the PlayStation, to paraphrase a man that we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's, uh, that's pretty much uh, all that we got next week. We'll be back. We'll, um, we'll recap the, the Ferenc game and we'll look at the Benfica's next game. Benfica does have a game or is it a national team break or something? Yeah, they break for the national team next, okay. unfortunately. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, figure, that, we'll figure that out. Uh, but That's we should... on uh, the 18th of October against Rio Ave. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so they we'll, haven't we'll... they haven't uh, released the schedule that far in advance because you know how <laughs> the uh, Portuguese league uh, tends to work. Yeah. The good news though today, guys, I don't know if you caught it. Um, the Portuguese national team is going to be hosting ten uh, percent capacity in Avalad. Um, so hopefully we're all on the uh, right path to welcome some fans back in in, in the league, which uh, would be very important, especially for our club. Yeah, this uh, this weekend also in the Soros, they're having a match with uh, with some fans because uh, the uh, the Azores Islands have been doing so well in terms of uh, the pandemic. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, look, I think it's good. I, I think as as long as you respect uh, the rules imposed by the DGS uh, and you're careful, uh, I don't see a reason why that that couldn't be done. Uh, in terms of you know bringing people back in the stadiums, after all, you know you're you're holding concerts and there's people in in Fatima. Not that I've anything against that, but there's there's large congregations of people. I just don't know how we can't make that happen for football, even if it's just ten thousand people in a sixty thousand stadium. I think that uh, it's great, but how do you go about selecting those ten thousand? That's the that's the biggest question. It's a headache, but I think uh, once they have the uh, Authorization. I think they could figure that out. And that's it. Hugo, uh, where can people uh, find you on uh, on Twitter? And uh, I know that you're you're very active on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, not a not a massive Twitter guy. I do go on it. Um, Hufer ten. So H U F E R R ten. Yeah. And eighty seven D O eighty seven. And Befica Podcast is where you can find us. Um, and that's it. Next week, we'll be back. Thanks a lot for checking us out. Uh, Cristiano should be back next week. Uh, so we'll... Uh, today was short because Cristiano wasn't here and usually takes up a lot of airtime, contrary to what he always tells <laughs> Contrary to what he always tells me and Dave, tonight, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk. You guys are going to do all the talking. And then, you know, you, you, we know how that story goes. All right, everyone. Thank you for uh, checking us out. And we'll talk to you again next week. Later.